with the Crossroads Music Podcast once again. Not bad. I sort of heard that. Ah, uh, this stupid bottle opener. <laughs> <laughs> we are a weekly music podcast where we just talk about music all the time, uh, but we usually start this off with uh, the drink of choice for this week. Eric, what are you drinking for tonight? So today I am drinking what is called night watch okay so it is a coffee layer and it's from lighthouse brewing so i can actually show the glass because i have a glass from lighthouse <laughs> brewing but this is it so i'm trying to keep with the spooky halloween theme theme oh, nice. um I'm not sure if this is a halloween beer but i haven't seen it before but uh, locally produced cold brew coffee and crisp clean craft lager are blended seamlessly to create one-of-a-kind beer. Subtle notes of hazelnut, cinnamon, and chocolate make a night watch coffee lager the perfect beer day or night. So it's it's got actually kind of a cool label. Like it's got like, like yeah. a side in there, like watching over the lighthouse. And this is the color of it. So there's my lighthouse brewing company. This is out of Victoria. So which is pretty nice. And it smells like it actually smells like fresh coffee beans. Oh wow, <laughs> interesting. Which is weird. Mm. Chasing dragonflies. Thanks for joining in. Oh yeah, that's that's some good stuff right there. Good stuff. Mm. Nice. Mm. Oh, that's like that's like a Nutella flavored coffee. Ooh. <laughs> oh, interesting. Mm. It's probably pretty oh. good. <laughs> hmm. This is definitely going on my list of top 10 beers, for nice. sure. For sure. Oh, I wish I bought another one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So we're starting off on a good note here. Uh, oh. let's, uh, let's get into this. Oh, Chasing Dragonflies is eating coffee ice cream. Coffee ice this, cream is pretty good. It is pretty damn good. Yeah. Pretty good choice. Yeah, I cheers, I cheers to your, your lact- <laughs> lactose <laughs> over there uh all right let's let's talk about some music eric uh what have Mm -hmm. you been listening to uh this past week anything of note um so uh i tried santana album okay uh it's pretty good i got a little bored though because it's just like the it it just like the little eggs (laughs) right and there's only so much of it you can i could listen to at least um i checked out a album called rogue by command sisters um it it's like a new age alternative kind of feel with a bit of electronic in it okay it wasn't too bad i actually didn't mind it there was a few songs on there that i really enjoyed um definitely not in my genre house um but i checked it out it was decent but the album that i was excited about that i've been binging is Zach Brown Band's new album, uh, okay. the come the comeback, and uh, what I like about this album is going back to his old roots of just that big country gospely sound. Oh, nice! And it just it sounds so good. This album is so good. So I'm I was I've been pumping that out pretty pretty regularly. So yeah gotta say if you're a zach brown band fan there's like 13 or 15 people in the band (laughs) like they just have that big sound but it doesn't sound like electronic which uh their latest album sounded very electronic which i was disappointed with 
So okay, very nice. Uh, yeah, very nice. And cool. that's about it. And just the album we've kind of listened to that I've been lolling hard over. Oh, but I'll be... I'll save my opinions for later. It's gonna be an interesting conversation. Um. I guess, okay, so I didn't listen to too much new stuff. Um, so the one thing that I did listen to, uh, Tom Morello's uh, solo album came out, The Atlas Underground mm-hmm. Fire. So Tom Morello is the, uh, I guess, most famously known as the guitarist for Rage Against the Machine. Uh, but he's released another solo album uh, under his name, uh, The Atlas Underground Fire. It's um, it's all right, I I would say. There's some like pretty cool songs on there. Um Every single song has a feature, if I'm not mistaken, or like 95% of all the tracks has a feature. So it's it's not just a guitar shred album or a guitar instrumental. Um, it's definitely him on guitar, and then he's got like a guest vocalist or something on each of the tracks. So um, mm. I don't know. It's It's worth a listen to at least once through. There's a few like pretty good songs on there but overall it's not like it's not an album i like instantly gravitated towards um it was it was all right Hmm. um the one new band that i've been listening to uh this week and i'm sort of still stuck in in asia is uh there's a japanese (laughs) pop punk band called humpback so humpback as uh two words not one word uh, I feel like there's some sort of like language barrier there because that's a terrible name for for a band. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it's a three piece all female pop punk band uh, out of Japan. The songs are completely in Japanese. Um, it's actually like really good stuff. Like it's not. Mm. Um, it's not like a. Uh, I'm trying to think of a. It's very Sex Pistols y. Um, with a bit of rancid in there so it's like okay. it's it feels like early punk uh but it's still like very melodic uh hmm. for the like for that. the punk songs that are there um hmm. but it's uh there's definitely some ballads in there like it, they definitely like ham up the pop aspect of it uh but mm. the punk songs are very like melodic early punk which is which is what i've been sort of gravitating towards um, nice but humpback is the band i've been listening to this past week um yeah check them out it's actually pretty good stuff hmm. um but that's about it there wasn't really that much new that i was really like listening to uh this week uh eric your choice it's one of those weeks eh yeah <laughs> not, yeah, not a lot coming out yeah there wasn't a lot going on uh, Eric, your choice. Do you want to do today in history first, or do you want to do some stuff? Let's do the news. Music. The news. The news today. today. All right, everybody. 1955. <laughs> all right. Um, Read all about it. Well, we're going. We are going back slightly in time, but uh, over this past week, uh, there was a record uh, broken. So there is a Grateful Dead T-shirt. Uh, from 1967, oh, and it sold for a record-breaking seventeen thousand dollars, seventeen thousand six hundred forty dollars USD. Uh, it is the most expensive vintage rock shirt sold at an auction. I'm gonna show it on the screen right now. So that's that's what the shirt looks like. This shirt is from 1967, and someone bought it for 17k. That's nuts. It's just a piece of cloth. <laughs> it's a freaking t-shirt by the Grateful Dead. 
exactly it's probably one of those concert t-shirts that aren't even like a good quality either because you know there's some that you go and you're like wow this is actually a really good quality shirt and then there's but most of them are just terrible quality. Yeah, I but you hate feel like that. you have to buy it because you really like the band. Oh, uh, I hate so. I hate the band shirts that feel like cardboard. Like when you buy it yeah. and you put it on, it just feels like cardboard. I hate those yeah. shirts. I remember learning for a, like a, like I think it was like the first first stint of concerts I went to ever. And then you're just like, can I see that T-shirt? <laughs> and then you feel the material. Okay, I'll take this in in large or whatever, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, like oh, I hate, I hate t band t-shirts that aren't comfortable. It's such a pain in the ass. They feel like they just sit in my closet and just never get worn. And I was like, I yeah. wasted so much money on this shirt. <laughs> like, I agree with chasing dragonflies. It's a terrible looking shirt. I can't even like. Like, are those coffee beans or bunions? Like on a foot. Like, if I were to guess the second word, I would have guessed that said bear. I thought it, it initial thought it's grateful bear. It's like one of those t-shirts that <laughs> they mispronounced the band name so they could sell them outside. <laughs> um, but anyways, this sold, this sold for 17 K plus, um, broke a world record. Someone insane enough. What, what do they call themselves? Deadheads. There's the fans. Deadheads. Yeah, they call themselves deadheads. Or is it bear? Is it a bear head? <laughs> bear head, case? maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, someone mm. spent 17k on this stupid shirt. Mm. Uh, just yeah, I put my money in better places. <laughs> you can't <laughs> even wear this. Like honestly, you can't even wear like it. It just sits in like a case or something. Oh, at I that know. Price. There's no. Way. I know. <laughs> anyways uh moving on um i guess sort of like business news uh spotify um the streaming platform has partnered with uh shopify so what they're looking mm -hmm. to do is they are offering uh musicians slash artists a virtual merch table on spotify so if you go to hmm. a artist's profile on Spotify, uh, this is just announced, so it hasn't been implemented. It will have a link directly to their Shopify uh, virtual merch table. So uh, it's pretty cool, I, I think, because uh, there's... Yeah, that is neat. Because like, I always feel sort of a disconnect between... Uh, spot when I'm on Spotify and like listening to a band, I have to open up another tab and go Google the band and go to their website and find out information mm -hmm. about them. But now they're looking to actually have like sort of that uh, visible on the Spotify page. Uh, uh, no details on mm. how it's going to look like, but I assume maybe it'll be like a scrolling thing. Maybe it'll just show like, oh, we sell this T-shirt and we, we, we sell this hat like right on the profile. Um, mm. That'd be pretty cool, I think. That I'd be into that. I definitely dig that because there are some cool merch out there. Yeah. You know, like like coffee mugs or whatever. Like I really want to get one of the tragically hip coffee mugs that say tired as fuck. Right? <laughs> one of cool. their songs. Like yeah. that like that's one of their songs. And I think like, yeah. oh, that's such a perfect thing to put on a on a mug, you know? Yeah. Uh yeah, chasing dragon Yeah, that'd be neat. Too. Yeah, yeah. So that's awesome. Anyway, Spotify and Shopify partnering up. So we'll see that roll out uh, in the near future, it looks like. Um, in, in other news, uh, so there is a cryptocurrency group called Pleaser DAO, uh, and they have purchased 
the one-of-a-kind Wu-Tang Clan album Once Upon a Time in Shaolin for 4 million USD. So this is, we've talked about this before, but this is the Wu-Tang album that they recorded completely. Uh, and there is only one copy in existence. And um, in the contract, the person that bought, bought it, uh, in order to actually purchase it, they're not able to make copies of it or upload digital copies to the internet or anything. So whoever owns this single copy of this album, this physical copy of this album, uh, that is the only uh, possible way of listening to it. So eventually that uh, ended up in the hands of the U.S. federal government because the original person who bought is an asshole um, and uh, had to default on all his loans and whatever. Uh, so the U.S. government took over it, uh, but someone, or sorry, the cryptocurrency group, uh, Pleaser Dow, has purchased it for $4 million. Uh, no word as to what they are going to do with that album, uh, but uh, now it's back into uh, someone's hands instead of the government. Interesting. Yeah. I, I just, I mean, I want to know what that album sounds like. Maybe it's just a complete joke and there's nothing on it, but I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully one day that album actually comes to light. Like people can actually listen to it. I, I, I think it will. I think it will. I can't yeah. see it not. Yeah. Um, in other news, uh, okay, so this isn't really music news, but I just found this hilarious. Uh, so Eric, you know where Burlington, Ontario is, correct? Yes, I so do. So that's, that's just outside of, uh, Toronto over here. Uh, so in the town of Burlington, Ontario, Halton Regional Police spotted a driver playing his flute with both hands while driving. A man in his 40s was initially stopped at a red light and playing the instrument. When the light turned green, he continued to play while driving. Police added that the driver was also following along to an iPod at the time of the alleged infraction. Constable Steve Elm said, I cannot advise what song was being played on the flute at the time. That's amazing. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why. Why are there people in this world like this that they mm -hmm. need to practice their instrument while driving? While driving. Yeah, that's, that is interesting. I guess you could hold it one-handed. The flute? I, at, some, at some times. It, yeah. I guess you could steer <laughs> with your feet, I guess, you, like with your knees. Yeah. <laughs> You can play the flute up with your hands and then steer with your knees. Yeah, or, or just like, do, 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 and then grab the wheel with the other hand and then just continue and just keep switching. Um, oh. I just don't know why people like this exist in the world. Like, why? Why, why, would, why do you need to practice while driving? It's insane. It's funny because the only time I've ever actually played an instrument while driving is when we're on the ferry and i'm ever seat because we don't usually walk around the ferry now because of covid and everything mm. so so i'll just sit in the drive little ba mini baby taylor and i'll just start like just noodling <laughs> on the guitar <laughs> just <laughs> anyways mm. that that happened over this uh last week um That's hilarious in in other news, um, and I think we're going to jump a bit into the political uh, sphere, but uh, mm. the anti-Biden song, Let's Go Brandon, is taking over iTunes. Uh, <laughs> it's a rap song by Bryson Gray, Tyson James, and Chandler Crump. 
uh, Let's Go Brandon is number one on iTunes and it's an anti-Biden song. Um, yes. But uh, also to add on to that, YouTube has banned the song for uh, allegedly spreading medical misinformation. So <laughs> if you try to find the music video, I'm sure people are trying to upload it right now, but uh, the official mm-hmm. video is uh, banned from, from YouTube. So That's amazing. Eric, did you listen to this song? I haven't listened to it, but I've heard the story behind how this all... It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Because, like, it's uh. basically at NASCAR events, uh, the winner mm-hmm. of, the, of the race was a guy named Brandon, uh, and the crowd was going, I think, fuck you, Biden, was the cheer. Yeah, and they kept... Yeah. chanting it and then they, the reporter was like oh yeah no they're really good they're saying let's go Brandon it's <laughs> like they're clearly saying F you Biden <laughs> but okay sure yeah, let's let's go Brandon um, but anyways someone took advantage of that uh, meme and they've uh, created a rap song called let's go Brandon it's number one on iTunes now uh, I did go listen to that song Maybe I'm just not hip with the kids, but I hate it. It's like, oh my god, it's like it's not quite mm-hmm. mumble rap, but towards the end it's just like, oh my god, can you just enunciate a little mm-hmm. bit, please? <laughs> let's let's see some education come out of that brain of yours. <laughs> I I got mm-hmm. sort of the I got sort of the the gist of it. There were some pretty good like lines in there. I was like, oh, that's pretty clever. Uh, mm. But overall, it's a it's definitely like a modern rap song where it's just like, <laughs> I really couldn't care about like this auto tune garbage. <laughs> um, no kidding. But the interesting thing is, YouTube actually banned the song for spreading medical misinformation, but they didn't really mention that much in the song about like vaccines and stuff like they were complaining about lockdowns and and all that stuff but i feel like it's because it's more of a political yeah i i yeah i think that's a bit of an overreach personally but but. you know big brother is watching (laughs) and they don't like that (laughs) anyways uh Mm -hmm. i mean my my personal opinion is like youtube is a private company so like they could they could take off whatever they want. Uh, exactly. But I don't know. For me, that's, that's, uh, mm-hmm. I'd rather this song just stay on the platform and people could just laugh at these people. No, oh, exactly. <laughs> I feel like, I, f- I feel like if WAP can stay on the platform. Yeah, exactly. Then, then how, why can't this? <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, moving on. Uh, last piece of news. Uh, so Coldplay. So a few years ago, uh, Coldplay famously stated that they would not tour again until they found an ethical, environmental way of doing it. Uh, well, Coldplay are now partnering, partnering with BMW. Uh, the, their next tour, The Music of the Spheres, will now be powered by batteries donated by BMW. About 40 battery packs will be combined into one giant unit. The mega battery will be charged by solar power and vegetable oil. The batteries will also be powered by the fans. Stationary bicycles will be set up at every venue, and fans will be encouraged to pedal on these bikes to recharge the batteries. (laughs) Oh, my God. That is the most ridiculous thing ever. Okay, you had me up to the solar panels. 
right? That makes sense. Okay, vegetable oil, sure. I don't know how it works. I'm not a scientist, but okay. And then <laughs> that the fans are going to have to do to power the concert. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you actually kidding it's, me? Like that's the last thing. Yeah. There's nothing like going to a concert and just, you know, pounding back a few beers. During the encore. Yeah. You want an encore? We need more people. <laughs> just imagine you run out of juice in the middle of the set and everyone just needs to like get on a bike and start yeah. pedaling. Yeah, keep pedal faster. We lost our bass player. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Anyways, that's the plan. Uh, <laughs> uh, I thought they were going to just hire a bunch of people. <laughs> yeah they should they really should but um, you might as well just have a like people who aren't into music just go into like a cycling class and then just uh, plug yeah. all their bikes <laughs> kill two birds with one stone <laughs> you, they get paid and they get paid for the uh uh for the class that they put on chasing <laughs> yeah. uh, right, guys let's let's keep pedaling for that encore <laughs> just keep going if you don't pedal fast enough, we will not play the scientist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Chasing Drive Lies. Can we power our concerts like this? We need a partnership with BMW first. Those batteries, I assume, are... If it's only taking 40 batteries to power a whole concert by Coldplay, that, those must be, mm-hmm. like, powerful batteries. Yeah, like, I can't see them. Like, the the initial thought that I had when you first mentioned it was car batteries. This must be bigger. Just like a, it has to be bigger. Just a bunch of cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus. Um, anyways, their fans will be powering the uh, show, it looks like. Um, but mm. uh, one thing I do want to add, they did find a pretty innovative way to add on to this. So what they are going to do is at the, uh, I guess, on the floor section of the stadium, they're actually putting uh, charging mats on the floor. So... Uh, people mm. walking around or jumping on the actual floor will actually also charge the batteries. Uh, Interesting. Which is, which is pretty good. <laughs> By cycling. <laughs> Just gonna... <laughs> what is this, a gym? <laughs> is this... Are we at a gym or a... Oh. Uh, anyways, that's what Coldplay's gonna do. Uh, I wish them the best because if uh, minus the pedaling by fans, because I feel like who the f- uh, other than the novelty of the idea, if this happened to every single like show ever, people would be so sick of it and not do it. Um, oh yeah, but the 100%. concept, the concept itself, that's a pretty good idea. Oh um, for sure. Uh, anyways, that's the music news. Um, <laughs> let's move on. Today of music history. So today is October 25th and lots of birthdays for today. 1944, yes, founder and frontman John Anderson is born in England. Um, 1949, Glenn Tipton, guitarist for Judas Priest, is born in England. And, uh, oh no, there's still more. 1955, Matthias Jabs, guitarist for the Scorpions, is born in Germany. In 1961, Chad Smith, drummer for the Red Hot Chili Peppers, is born in Minnesota, USA. Go, Chad Smith. That's a lot of birthdays. I mean, there's going to be more later, but uh, that's a lot. That's a lot of big name musicians. Um, 
Also, uh, on this day, 1961, Mick Jagger and Keith Richards, uh, who hasn't seen each other since primary school, run into each other at Dartmouth, uh, sorry, Dartford train station in England. Uh, noticing the Muddy Waters and Chuck Berry albums Mick is carrying around, Keith strikes up a conversation they later form, the Rolling Stones. Um, right on. I don't know if this is like... I found this story a bit weird because, like, maybe this is normal. But 1961, <laughs> were people just carrying around vinyls with them everywhere? Like, is that a normal thing? I could see, I could see that. But those things are. I can huge. see that happening. They are huge, but but I feel like you could be going somewhere, like to a buddy's house or something, and listening to them. Because, like, think of, think of the times when we were kids and like you, we would get together and. And you know, play video games or something, and someone's like, "I got the game, I'm coming oh, over," yeah, and shove it into the Nintendo 64, right? Like, so I feel like that was a, that was a thing. Back so then. so inconvenient carrying around vinyls yeah. with you. Those things are ginormous. Oh yeah, they're they're insane. That's <laughs> they're insanely big, <laughs> but it's too much. Um, on this day, 1968. The new yard bo- Yardbirds performed for the first time under their new name, Led Zeppelin, at a gig at Surrey University, England. The Yardbirds? The new Yardbirds. The new Yardbirds. So that was the previous name because Jimmy Page was in the, the Yardbirds, uh, and then they renamed themselves after everyone joined. Uh, they renamed themselves to the new Yardbirds, uh, but then they just changed their name to Led Zeppelin. Interesting. Wasn't there a lot of people in the Yardbirds? Yeah, Clapton was in like, there. Clapton was there. Uh, George Harrison was, I think, yep. at one point. Yep, George Harrison, yeah. Yeah. They had oh, like man. really big names in there. But the last I iteration. That. I actually didn't know that. The last iteration That's was Jimmy Page. Jimmy Page. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, on this day, 1970, Ed Robertson, frontman for Bare Naked Ladies, is born in Scarborough, Ontario, Canada. Ed Robertson. He's a beast. I think I, I still think Stephen Page, great vocalist, and he was the shining part of the vocals, but Ed Roberts had the energy for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 1975, Paul Simon releases his fourth solo album, Still Crazy After All These Years. Uh, the album is a huge commercial success and is the first time that Simon is freed from his association with Simon and Garfunkel. Prior to this album coming out at all his shows, Fans would shout out, where's Artie? (laughs) (laughs) Just imagine, three albums in, so that's got to be like Mm -hmm. multi-years. Every show you do, people, the crowd's just yelling out at you, where's Artie? I feel like that's like what happened to like Dave Grohl too. Like his first couple of albums, where's, where's like play Teen Spirit? (laughs) It's like, Uh, we're not Nirvana anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Like, but I could see that happen. That's just terrible. That's like that's yeah. The you're trying worst. to move on. Yeah, you're trying to move on, and then it's like, nope. The people don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> that's horrible. Oh. Um, in 1977, Ronnie Van Zant of Leonard Skinner is laid to rest in Jacksonville Cemetery five days after dying in a plane crash that also killed band members Steve and Casey Gaines. Billy Powell, the piano player, is the only band member healthy enough to attend the funeral, and even he is on crutches with stitches on his face from the crash. 
Leonard Skinner has a wild history. Like they do have a wild history. It's like it is wild. I don't know how they like still went on after losing like what seventy five percent of the band, eighty percent of the band. <laughs> yeah, like I, I don't know how they kept going. It's yeah, nuts. I know. <laughs> um. On this day in 1984, pop star Katy Perry is born in Santa Barbara, California, USA. California girls are so incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh. Um, and also, uh, one year later, 1985, R&B singer Ciara is born in Austin, Texas. Ciara? Just, yeah. I don't know. Who's Ciara? Uh, one, two, step. Oh, that okay. Song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's on the okay. radio quite a bit. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, it was. <laughs> uh, anyways, lots of birthdays today. Uh, 1986, Cindy Lauper's True Colors hits number one in America. Oh, that was, that was a hit. That is, that's <laughs> that is an like... overcovered song. It is so overcovered. And the thing it. is, is everybody's afraid to say it is because. <laughs> Of the meaning behind it, yeah. It's, it's like a... I don't care. I don't care. It's such a, it's overplayed. Like, don't listen to this song anymore. <laughs> like, I, 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 I always get deflated when when I'm like in a bar and there's a band playing and then they mm. decide to cover this song and I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't care how well you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this song is like oh. too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, 1993 Time Magazine puts Eddie Vedder on the cover with the headline All the Rage. Both Vedder and Cobain refuse to speak with the magazine, but Time Magazine decides to run the cover and a story about grunge anyway. Mm. That's wild. That That is wild. You can still put someone's face on the cover and they still refuse to speak with the magazine. <laughs> um, Funny, actually. <laughs> We're going to put your name on the cover. Okay, can we? No, absolutely not. And then, like, when the article comes, or the magazine comes out, I could just see people like, oh, my God, there's going to be an article about this guy. <laughs> it's like nothing. <laughs> uh, uh, 1996, the first OzFest is held as a two-day festival in Phoenix, Arizona, and Devore, California. Have you ever been to an OzFest, Eric? I never have, No. Uh, oh, I, th- I feel pretty like, wild. Yeah, I've never gone to Ozfest myself. I feel like we sort of missed the boat at this point. Ozzy's probably mm-hmm. gonna die pretty soon. Yeah, I can't imagine. I don't know. He's ate, he's eaten a lot of things and survived. So, <laughs> and without Ozzy, I don't think you could have an Ozfest. It just doesn't make. Sense. No, you can't. You can't. I could see them though doing an Ozfest, like when he dies, as like uh, just yeah. a bunch of famous bands and just covering his songs yeah that would be kind of cool i would actually go to that that yeah be... like to close it off yeah yeah, yeah. that yeah. probably will happen yeah get zach wild out there and you know <laughs> <laughs> uh 2000 limp biscuits album chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavored water sells 1.054 million copies in its first week it is, in fact, the last rock studio album to sell a million copies in a week. That's crazy. The very last one. That's nuts. That album was huge, by the way. As ridiculous no. as all the songs on the album are, 
And as ridiculous as a band Limp Bizkit is, that mm-hmm. album sold, I don't even know, like 14 million, 20 million by the end of it. Just none. That's crazy. It's a stupid album. Don't listen to it. It's ridiculous. Um, 2006, Forbes magazine declares Kurt Cobain the top-earning dead celebrity, beating out Elvis, John Lennon, Johnny Cash, George Harrison, Ray Charles, and Bob Marley. Really? Kurt Cobain in 2006 was the top-earning dead celebrity. That's crazy. Where does all that money go? I don't know, Kim. <laughs> I don't know, but... <laughs> Who, who's this surviving, right? It's uh, Courtney Love, which... Does she get a cut of his stuff? Even though she killed him? <laughs> Just kidding. That's a conspiracy theory. Um, that, and... That's not controversial, ladies and gentlemen. That's just a conspiracy <laughs> theory. That's a conspiracy theory. Uh, and Francis being the child. So, like, mm-hmm. does she? Does Francis have all the money? I, like, there's no Kurt Cobain I, estate, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, she... I don't know, actually. Like, she's got to get some sort of cut. She has to have. And then definitely the son, right? Uh, daughter, daughter. Or daughter, yeah. Sorry, daughter. That's right. But, like, I, I feel, yeah, they're definitely raking in the cash. Because, like, Elvis, that makes sense to me. It's a corporation, so there's employees and it goes into the whole estate, whatever. That, that makes sense to me. Bob yeah. Marley has, like, 37 million children, so it all goes to them. But Kurt Cobain, I can't, yeah. where does that money go? <laughs> you know, I don't think there's like a Pearl Jam estate or something <laughs> like that. And like, hmm. yeah, it's definitely going to the daughter and Courtney Love. Yeah, maybe. Who's uh, probably just like, I killed, I killed him, and I'm, I'm a millionaire. Jason <laughs> so. uh, Dragonfly says she did kill him. There you go. All right, Eric, I'm just going to change some um, audio settings on my end. Okay. Uh, so my volume might change for you, but on stream it'll be the same. But for you. Okay, gotcha. Uh, I can still hear you. So. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, yeah, because you're dropping off uh, a few times. I just want to fix oh. this while we keep going. Well, that's interesting. I think it's my end, though. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, 2011, Steven Tyler of Aerosmith falls in a shower during a stay in Paraguay, in a Paraguay hotel, knocking out two teeth. A local dentist repairs his mouth and Tyler performs the next day. Now that, to me, that's a rock star. You like freaking have dental surgery and then the next day you're already singing and performing. Absolutely. Like, and some country singers do that too. Like I know Trace Atkins said that he had to get his he had to get like kidney stones removed or something he had to have like an elaborate surgery and he was like in so much pain and they're like do you want to cancel the show and he's like oh hell no i'm not canceling <laughs> he has like a really deep voice yeah. and he's like six like six one thousand like feet tall <laughs> and and then he, he goes on stage yep, right am- after I'm losing your audio, Eric. FYI. Oh no, really? That was only for like a second, though. But okay, I got the gist but, of it. Okay, yeah. Uh, 2014, Jack Bruce, bassist and founding member of Cream, passes away at the age of 71. <sighs> what a beast! What a beast! Jackie, Jackie Bruce. Yeah, um, he's a beast. 
Also on the day, 2014, Taylor Swift applies uh, to trademark several phrases related to her album 1989. Uh, the phrases include party like it's 1989, this sick beat, and cause we, can, cause we never go out of style. All those phrases are owned by Taylor Swift. Interesting. So if you use them, will you get copyrighted? Yeah. You can't sell, uh, you can't sell anything with those phrases anymore. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy the phrase "Hello, how are you?" <laughs> and then I'm just gonna sue freaking every commercial or everything, every movie that uses it. Sorry, so funny. I own the rights to "Hello, how are you?" You need to you need to pay me money. <laughs> the the weird one for me is "Party like it's 1989" because like Prince has that same phrase "Party like it's yeah, 1999," just, just hmm. a different year. Yeah. <laughs> just so, funny. someone needs to take the other years so i'm gonna say party like it's 2021 <laughs> <laughs> yeah taylor swift has 1989 prince is 1999 so we need to we need no to we take gotta choose ones. 1990 that's what we need to choose oh yeah yeah party like it's 1990 <laughs> taylor huh how about that <laughs> Um, and finally, uh, on this day in 2017, Nashville, uh, has a star studded farewell concert for Kenny Rogers, who has decided to retire after a 60 year music career. Kenny Rogers, the gambler himself. I just remember that album being absolutely atrocious. Oh, it was, <laughs> that was not a fun time outside of the gambler. That song. that was the only downhill. song and it was the opener. Yeah. It, it went downhill after that. Yeah, that maybe that's why they call him the gambler because he's the only one. Like that's the only song that he's ever made that's amazing. That, that ever anybody cares to listen to. He did sixty years, sixty years as a musician. So crazy. Anyways, uh, anyways, that was today in music history. Uh, Eric, let's move on to the album review. So yes, for, let's do it for this week. Uh, we are going to be reviewing. It Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back by Public Enemy, my favorite hip-hop group of all time. So, It Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back is the second studio album by American hip-hop group Public Enemy. It was released on June 24th, 1988. An album noted for its strong social commentary, it peaked at number 42 on the U.S. Billboard 200 and received widespread critical acclaim. On Rolling Stone magazine's list of 500 greatest albums of all time, it currently sits at number 15. Uh, this also makes it the top hip-hop album on the list. The album would sell half a million copies in its first month of release. Uh, and uh, just to list off some uh, critical acclaim, some of the accolades that it gained uh, when it was released, Kurt Cobain, or well, after it was released, Kurt Cobain would say that it is in his top 50 favorite albums of all time. Uh, and All Music, 5 out of 5 stars. The Guardian, 5 out of 5 stars. The NME, 10 out of 10. Pitchfork, 10 out of 10. Q Magazine, 5 stars out of 5. Spin, 10 out of 10. It's to the point where I could not find a credible critic that scores it less than a perfect score, Eric. A credible critic. <laughs> I could not. I could not find hmm. anyone who scored it less than perfect. So, Eric... Knowing mm. that we are going into this album review, what did you think about this album? 
so so it's funny because uh one of our big fans on the show ben my buddy he he was like what what album are you listening to and he's a huge hip-hop fan like yourself and, and i'm like oh we're doing public enemy he's like oh yeah what else what else i can't remember the name i think it's like if i had a million dollars or something or something around the lines <laughs> of that <laughs> and then he started laughing but so uh, so <laughs> i am like a complete noob but and this this show has kind of made me uh more educated in the hip-hop world and i actually quite enjoy it like i actually quite enjoy like the good old school hip-hop and uh this album so first of all i i didn't look at the album cover i i downloaded it so i or else i would have recognized flav flav in there with the i always remember he had the clock on him which killed me so uh i'm listening to it ladies and gentlemen and I'm like, uh, you just hear, yeah. <laughs> it's like, is that, is that Flavor Flav? <laughs> yes. So I was, I was thoroughly excited that this, I have no idea. This is so, so ignorant I am with this, <laughs> this genre. But uh, I, I actually didn't mind it. Like, I thought it was pretty good. Um, not as good as some of the other hip hop albums we've listened to. Like I, I really liked Illmatic. Illmatic is probably one of my favorite ones we've listened to so far. But they've got some really good tunes on here. Um, I liked. I thought it was like a cool opener with the the Armageddon countdown to Armageddon, and then it goes right into Bring the Noise, uh, which I thought was cool. Um, I really, I think my favorite song on this album is number seven, Louder Than the Bomb, or Louder Than Ooh, a Bomb. Yeah. I like. I really think that song's pretty cool. It's well put together, and and again, like it, it's like a hip hop group where I actually like the fa- like. I I just like the fact that like everybody's just having fun. They're just very like relaxed and and just going for it. The the one thing I didn't like about the album is I couldn't tell whether or not it was a studio album or if it was live. There you go. Okay. Live, which which really put me off a bit because, like, I was like, okay. I feel like that belongs in like a bonus content on the album kind of thing at the end. Um, but uh, which kind of confused me a bit. Cause when I'm listening to him, I'm like, wait a minute, is this, is this a live album? But I, so I couldn't really tell. Um, but, but as far as the studio stuff, I really enjoyed it. So nice. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, I'd like, I definitely agree with you on that live versus studio aspect because there are, for whatever reason, the production on this album is just so wonky because, like, mm-hmm. some of it just sounds like it's it's on a stage in front of an audience, uh, and they definitely yeah, piped and- in audience noise on some of those on some of the songs, which is fine. But it, it actually some of the songs actually do sound like they are live, mm-hmm. which which I couldn't tell. Like, and and I felt like the ones where they put it in there, it, it was like a lower quality yeah. audio take. Which which sucks because it kind of it kind of loses the feel of the album, but but regardless, like some of the song, like I, I thought that like the songs in the album are solid. It's just I just didn't like that part. Like I don't understand why they needed that. Yeah, that mm-hmm. in there, right? Yeah. So <laughs> uh, this is where this is where uh, we get like completely canceled. <laughs> 
because this this album is like hip hop royalty. For, forget hip hop. Just it's just in terms of an album, this this is always on people's like this is the greatest thing that's been ever created ever. Um, <laughs> but like, oh man, when I when I listen to this album, I just like I get it. It's the second album that they released. Like, uh, Bum Rush the Show, which is their debut album. So the previous one to this, it it it, mm-hmm. it has the same problems as this, where production level is just not there. And that might have just been like a funding issue because uh, this is like early days of Def Jam, their label. Um, so maybe there just wasn't the money to actually uh, produce a good sounding record. Uh, but man, this if this album could have just, you know, if they could have just had a singular vision in terms of how each of these songs were produced and recorded, uh, I'd make this like so much better because like... Chuck D, who uh, does probably ninety five percent of all the 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 lyrics on this album, uh, he's the main MC in this thing. Um, lyrically, these songs are phenomenal. Like you, mm-hmm. you will not get better hip hop verses anywhere else because not only is it uh, just well crafted uh, lines by him uh, from a hip hop perspective. Their actual like social commentary, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's talking about uh, the racial divide. He's talking about the political mm-hmm. system, uh, rich versus poor, all that stuff. It's all in there. You want a socially woke album? This is the album, and it was released in 1988, right? Like he mm-hmm. covers so much ground, so many different topics, topics that people don't want to talk about and are uncomfortable with. It's all mm-hmm. laid out on this record. So if you like dive into what he's actually saying, this record per- is a perfect album. When it comes to lyrics, there's no better hip hop album. And Chuck D is just phenomenal. He's my favorite rapper of all time. He's my favorite MC of all time. Um, mm. So I love Public Enemy. But from a musical standpoint, from a production standpoint, like it's this is a tough listen for me. Cause like you compare this to an album like Illmatic by Nas, uh, a tribe called quest albums that only came out like a year after this, two years after this, like those, those albums just sound really? so good. Yeah. This came out in 1988. They came out after, eh? Yeah. This came mm. out in 1988 tribes debut record is 89 and Illmatic I think was 93. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, so it's not very far. Right. Um, but those those records are just like eons. Like they those records still sound good today. This does not sound good today. Like there's mm. just weird decisions on instrumentation. Um even the basic like beats, right? Like uh the the drum fills that they would use, the bass drum they would use, some of them just didn't have that impact that a drum kit should have, right? Mm-hmm. Like I barely noticed any bass in this record, which for no, yeah for a very baritone vase uh baritone vocal like chuck d that needs like a really heavy support right it does but yeah. th- there just isn't That's... any bass in this record mm-hmm. yeah i found that it was almost like watching like a low budget movie yeah almost and it was like but i can see though like there's some of those low budget films that are like the cult classics 
right? That that has that cult following. And uh, I I feel like this is this is definitely that album after you mentioned like if it's the number one, it's that cult following that's just that just loves it. But I but I would have to agree, like like Tribe Called Quest, like even though like you can tell when you listen to the like one of their albums, it's it's it sounds dated, but it still stands the test of time mm-hmm. in yep. terms of production value. So and I, and I think it's just that live, those live recordings, right? Like, I, or, or whatever that live sound that they were trying to, like, it's like I, I don't know what the vision was there, but yeah. I, I think it was definitely wrong because I feel like if they, if they cut that out, this would be great because I agree. The lyrics are really well written in this. Um, like, I enjoy, like, I really enjoyed most of the songs on this album. But I just kind of felt that disconnect. It's just like, oh man, like I wish it just sounded a bit more like not airy. Yeah. Kind of so kind of sound. Yeah. So all of these tracks, they are studio tracks. None of these tracks are actual mm-hmm. live tracks, but their intention was to make it sound live. They wanted mm-hmm. to sort of capture the energy that uh even back then, like Public Enemy was known as the best live hip hop group around, mm-hmm. right? So they wanted to capture that energy that they did but in a studio and it just didn't work right whatever yeah. whatever they tried to do it just didn't work they didn't but capture that I, I i disagree with that tactic though because like i felt like i did feel the energy in the songs where you didn't hear when it sounded like like you do feel like they're just hanging out and having a good time yeah like i i did feel that energy still so like i i feel like that mistake I felt like it's it was almost like they were like okay we need we need to put this in here just so we can push that vibe but they don't need to. Yeah. yeah. Like I don't think they need to because it's there. It it is there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But um so yeah, I mean like overall this album it has such good songs, right? Like Bring the Noise. Mm-hmm. It's a phenomenal yeah. song. And if you great tune. If you want to hear a more metaled up version anthrax does a cover of bring the noise and uh they bring chuck d to redo his vocal or his uh no verses on this on the record so uh bring That's the noise cool. by anthrax featuring chuck d it's pretty good <laughs> That's um, pretty awesome uh, so that's a good one um mind terrorist louder than a bomb show them what you got she watched channel zero night of the living base like these nice. are classic public enemy songs and if you ever get a chance to see them live uh which i have like it's just the best time ever because these songs are just so good and so strong um and live is like you want a hip-hop group that will entertain you like a rock band Mm -hmm. does the public enemy is that is that group right like and i felt like this is the first time i'm listening to this album i did feel that i felt like like these guys would probably be awesome live, mm-hmm. but I felt like they kind of just overdid it with that. Just let's have crowd sounds in there. I just felt like it was just, it was unnecessary. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, like it's, it's such a shame because like from a social, like when, when people go like, Oh, there shouldn't be politics and music and like all that bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the record you need to point to people and just like, this is what happens when you put like actual social commentary and politics. <laughs> like this is 
oh, if this album just sounded good, right? This would have been like, mm -hmm. this is perf like this is the perfect example of why we should have yeah. people with voices making music, right? Yeah. But oh, it just it's just such a letdown because just the way they approach recording this record and how it yeah. sounds. Because uh, man, these songs just are so good. Yeah, I, I feel like this album could be a 10 out of 10 easily. Yes. Yeah. Easily, 100%. It could be a 10 out of 10, but it just it just really like brought it down mm -hmm. for me. Just just based off of the other hip hop albums I've listened to, and this is this is the experience I'm coming into, right? But I I just I feel like these guys would kick ass without just the you know, like what's the word I'm looking for? Um just the artificial like crowd yeah. hype that's in here. Yeah, exactly. Like, just and I feel like that's what they stand for. Like, they stand for just being themselves. And mm -hmm. listen, we have this opinion. We want to talk about these topics that nobody else talks about. If you have a problem with it, you know, go fuck yourself. Pretty much, right? <laughs> yeah. Like that. Like that's the attitude I'm I'm getting from these guys. But it's almost like they're they're like, okay, but but we're gonna play to the social norm though, and we want to. You know, just that art. Yeah, you're right. The artificialness of of it. It just it just brings it down a bit. Yeah, like this is a band that has Flavor Flav in there. Flavor Flav. Mm -hmm. Yeah, bye. <laughs> like you talk about a complete opposite. Like Chuck D is this like intelligent, socially aware, mm -hmm. just like really talented lyricist, and then you have Flavor Flav who just shouts out his name every so often on these yeah. songs. Flavor Flav. It's such a. It's the flavor. <laughs> Uh, Cold Lampin with Flavor, the fourth track, the, you can skip that. Like every time Flavor Flav gets a song, he gets one song per record, it's the most mm -hmm. nonsense thing. All he talks about is like different flavors. Like he's talking yeah. about strawberry and banana and like it's crazy the songs that he comes <laughs> He's just the goofball of the group. Yeah. But but I, I always find when he when he went, yeah, boy, it was, it's almost like that, bah, 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 <laughs> yeah. like that horn. <laughs> yeah, no, no. With without Flavor Flav, there is no Public Enemy because, like, yeah. as mm -hmm. as poignant and as truthful and as like in your face Chuck D is, um, yeah. the the X factor, the the reason mm -hmm. why you first get attracted to Public Enemy is that crazy guy Flavor Flav, who's just hyping up. Just by shouting his name, that's why he's you like, first get attracted. He's to like Enemy. he's like M Michelangelo of the Ninja Turtles, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just yeah. just the guy who likes to have fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like you mm -hmm. without Flavor Flav, there is no public end. You sort of need that balance, right? It can't be serious and all the time. There has to be that like attract that entertainment factor also. Um, exactly, but. Uh, my, 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 um, suggestion is just see public enemy live. Like they're freaking phenomenal. I, I saw them in Chicago like years ago, uh, as front row, uh, right up to the standing, right up to the, the gates. And I got flavor flaves, like crotch right in my face. Like he jumped into the crowd, but his crotch went right into my face. And I was still, it's the best best night of my life <laughs> i probably amazing. got a disease to be honest but, uh yeah that's my that's my that's, check that's a, that's one of the flavors story. he gave you <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it's just like mm. oh, it's such a good show and it's not it's nothing fancy it's not 
like no pyro, no like crazy backup dancers, nothing. It's just them on stage having a good time. And like, nice. it's one of the best shows I've ever seen. It's just them on stage and just like hyping up the crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, let's, let's close this off. Eric, final let's thoughts and ratings on this record. What are you going to give it? I think this is definitely a good album and I can see that cult classic like the cultness of this album being so good and why it's so good and the lyrics and everything um i i would recommend it but just be warned that there is going to be some parts where you're just like what the hell is going on (laughs) regardless i shall give this album i'm gonna give it ah like i struck like i want to give it a seven out of ten okay yeah seven out of ten seven out of ten yeah that's what i'm gonna give it um no i that's the same number i'm giving i'm giving a 7 out of 10 Mm -hmm. this album very clearly could be a 10 out of 10 yeah Um, i agree but i absolutely agree it's it just whatever approach they took for recording it it just brought it down too much for it to be not it took away from the album right Mm -hmm. it did yeah so 7 out of 10 for me this one yeah even though everyone in the world gave it 10 out of 10, apparently. <laughs> but we're, are we credible sources? <laughs> no, we definitely are not. <laughs> like, oh, honestly, this record, every, maybe, maybe uh, once a year, maybe every other year, it will definitely be on heavy rotation for me, uh, mm. just because I love Public Enemy so much. Uh, I prefer a lot of their other albums over this one. Um, but, again, it just... From an album musical standpoint, it just it just doesn't have enough there. There's too much negatives that bring this album down uh, mm. to really fully just get immersed in it and enjoy it completely. Um, but yeah, cool. So we both gave it a 7 out of 10 on. There we go. Uh, all right, cool. So um, that was our uh, discussion on It Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back uh, for next week. Uh, we are going the opposite direction and yes. we are going to be uh, reviewing Roping the Wind by Garth Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> I am not looking forward to this because every time I look at Garth Brooks, I'm like, this is a ridiculous man. Why? <laughs> why is why does he have a music career? <laughs> he sold like hundreds of Ugh. millions of records and i still don't understand why he is so famous but oh, we'll yeah. see well, this is be the first time i'm gonna listen to his record from front to back so is it not freaking on apple music <laughs> <laughs> really okay i'll have to, I'll have to look really garth brooks like I typed it in and it didn't show up. The most sellingest country artist of all time is not on. I know music. it's it's weird. Why is it not <laughs> on there? Interesting. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, roping roping the wind by Garth Brooks is the album we will be uh, reviewing for next week. Yeah, it's um, not on here. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. Really not on freaking thing. Maybe nope. he has a exclusive of title. <laughs> Maybe he does. There's the artist, but it only is giving me four songs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, whatever. I'll 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 figure it out. <laughs> That's strange. Um. All right, here we go. Mixtape battle. Uh. So. Uh. This is the point where uh 
what we do is we take a random speech generator, produces three random topics. Uh, one of us chooses one, and the other person creates a three-song ultimate mixtape based on that topic. Last week, Eric chose action for me. Uh, yes. So here we go. I'm going to start it a bit easy. Uh, so we're going to open it up with um, some... And I didn't realize this wasn't by uh, Casey and the whatever they're called, uh, but... It's uh, Walking on Sunshine by Katrina and the Waves. So okay. uh, I was thinking, you know, action. Uh, this song, when I listen to it, it makes me want to walk around. Walking on Sunshine? Yeah, Walking on Sunshine. <laughs> so I was like, that's pretty appropriate like Walking for on Sunshine, yep. like that one? That song. <laughs> oh, yep. my God. It was originally released in 1983. Uh, but An it was action act- song? Yeah. <laughs> that gets you pumped up? No, I, this is not a pump up uh, mixtape. This is literally just action, <laughs> like making an action. Um, oh, I see. I yeah, see. There you go. This is the direction <laughs> I went with it because I I could have probably done like Eye of the Tiger again, but uh, yeah, no, I'm I chose songs specifically that cause you to have an action. <laughs> yes, this one is walking on sunshine. Yeah, I always thought this was by some other band, Casey and the something something, but it's by Katrina mm. and the Waves. Uh, originally released in 1983, uh, but it was actually re-released in 1985, and that's when it would become an international success. Um, gotcha. This song's, I I think this is a great song to be honest, um, but <laughs> it's it's a bit annoying if it gets overplayed. Um, yes. Uh, keeping on that, so this is where we get a bit crazier. Uh, so we we started off with a nice little stroll, um, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna increase the action on the second song. Uh, get a bit dancing in here. And how do people get dancing? They get ants in their pants. So um, the oh next song God. that I've got for you is uh, a song called "I Got Ants in My Pants and I Want to Dance." By by James Brown. <laughs> James Brown. It was released in November 1972. It never received an oh. official album release, but it actually charted at number four on the R&B charts and number 27 on the pop charts. So uh, for my second song, it's uh, "I Got Ants in My Pants and I Want to Dance" by James Brown. Right on, right on, Kim. Uh, and finally, this one is just so good that I needed to do a full-blown video. So um, I'm gonna show you this on screen. This oh, is the boy. music. This is the music video. This is like four minutes long. So you just watch it while I talk about it. Uh, but the last song I am going to be uh, putting into my <laughs> mixtape is uh, the Hokey Pokey, or <laughs> better known in the UK as the Hokey Cokey. Uh, it's a campfire song and uh, participation dance with a distinctive accompanying tune and lyrical structure. Uh, the lyrics go, you put your right foot in, you put your right foot out, you put your right foot bent, and you shake it all about. <laughs> and then they have these very scary snowmen um, that would probably kidnap, uh, that are kid- <laughs> Like, look at them. They're kidnapping the children. <laughs> yeah, so- everybody, let's do the... And then they end up on milk cartons. Uh, So this actual song uh, originates from a British folk dance uh, with variants attesting as early as 1826. Uh, Mm -hmm. The song actually became a chart hit twice in its history. So in the 1980s, it actually hit the charts twice. Uh, And the music video that you're actually watching is the one I want to put on my mixtape. 
It is a UK hit by the band The Snowman, and it peaked at number 18 in 1981. And this is the music video uh, for their Hokey Cokey by The Snowman. <laughs> He's playing the freaking keyboard with his nose. <laughs> All right. Oh, you need this, to this just to made it for this just made the actual like your playlist this just made it <laughs> you have to go listen to it it's the most ridiculous version of the hokey pokey you've ever heard i i will it looks like they're having a grand old time <laughs> they're just doing the hokey pokey all the time and these snowmen oh. they don't have legs but they're doing the hokey pokey <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that is my mixtape, Walking on Sunshine by Katrina and the Waves. I got Ants in My Pants and I Want to Dance by James Brown and the Hokey Cokey by the Snowman. An all-white Rubik's Cube. (laughs) Right on. Right on, Kim. There you go. All right, wonderful. Um, So let's do this. Uh, So I'm going to click here on the screen. It's going to generate three random topics. I will choose one. Eric will do a three-song mixtape for next week. So here we go. Boop, 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 boop. Okay, here we go. Hotel security, (laughs) multi-ethnicity, and breast cancer. These are horrible topics. These are absolutely terrible topics. These are garbage topics. (laughs) Garbage topics. Oh, my God. Hotel security, multi-ethnicity, and breast cancer. How the heck are you going to do a mixtape with any of these? <laughs> I feel like I could do multi-ethnicity. <laughs> hotel security, like Hotel California. Is that? Yeah, you could, I guess. <laughs> you still need to come up with uh, two other songs. I, I feel like my better shot is multi-ethnicity but uh, <laughs> so chasing dragonfly wants a redo but i feel like we're sort of stuck no we can't yeah. we can't do a redo we can't we can't it's it's impossible it, it's impossible i don't even know what you're gonna do for multi-ethnicity i think i have one song in mind <laughs> it's not a good song multi-ethnicity <laughs> like the first thing and this is not this is in no way like related but like i'm thinking of africa by toto because they're singing about africa but it's a bunch of white people Uh, from england i was thinking of a wave your flag that (laughs) like fifa world cup song (laughs) oh my god okay eric if you're okay with it we'll do multi-ethnicity i think i think we can do it i think we can do it without being canceled (laughs) Okay, so the topic for next week is multi-ethnicity, and uh, good luck to you, Eric, because I have no idea how Thank you're going to you. do this. Thank you. Well, I'll, I'll prevail. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mm. wonderful. Let's close this off. Uh, we had no controversial statements this week. Um, no, we probably did, but, you know. Jason Trenfly <laughs> says, oh, no. We're, we're going to see. We're going to see how this goes out. Yeah, uh, but, yeah, no happens. controversial statements this week. I mean, maybe considering we uh, scored uh, It Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back less than 10 out of 10. That might be controversial in itself, but <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, the and only finally, reviewers that review that album, not at 10 out of 10. <laughs> that's how we become famous. Um, all right. Quote of the Week presented by Anthony Kiedis. In you a star is born, 
and you cut a perfect form and someone forever warm. Lay on, 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 lay on. Way upon the mountain where she died, all I ever wanted was your life. Ah, uh, I have no idea. It's off of By the Way. <clears throat> really? Mm-hmm. By the Way? <laughs> uh, in You a Star is Born and You Cut a Perfect Form and Someone Warm. Lay on, lay on. Hell's on By the Way again. Uh, do, 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 do. <laughs> You ah, I gotta look at the album now. Ooh, I don't like star. looking at the album because everyone probably thinks I'm cheating, but I'm not. In <laughs> <laughs> you, a star uh, is born, and you cut up perfect form, and someone forever warm. By the way, album. Really? It's on. Like, by the way. Yep. Unless my research is wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's off. By the way. By the way, I tried to say, what is going on with my Apple Music? Oh, Red Hot Chili Peppers are gone too? Oh my God, it's an exodus. No, no, no. No, no, we got it. We got it. We're good. We're good. Okay. Uh, it's not, okay. It's not by the way. Yeah, it can't okay. be by the way. Yeah. No, it can't like... be universally speaking. No. This is the place where all the... Da, na, na. I, I know all these songs. It's not... <laughs> Is it this? No, it can't be that. It can't be. Um, I don't even know what is, track it is. I should probably get close. Dosed? No, it's not dosed up in. In you, a star is born, and you cut a perfect form, and someone forever. Oh, is it dosed? Yep, it's dosed. Yes, it <laughs> she's is. got it. Yes. <laughs> Very nice. Dosed. I'm like, oh, <laughs> wait a minute, it is. <laughs> it's a lot harder actually just looking at the lyrics and being like, what the hell is this song? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Very good. I, I wasn't sure if you're going to get this one, to be honest, but good job. Yeah. Very good. Very good, very good. <laughs> Sing the song with the melodies going down the album. <laughs> all right wonderful all right so that was our show thanks everyone for tuning in uh we will be here again next week uh on monday at 10 p.m est 7 p.m pst at twitch.tv slash the crossroads music podcast uh if you are listening to us on spotify apple music all those places come join us on the live cast because uh, it's it's good fun and you can uh provide your uh constructive feedback to us <laughs> in real time absolutely uh come join the discord absolutely. uh we throw in a bunch of random <laughs> shit in there usually um but that's that's basically it that's our show thanks for tuning in everyone and we will catch thank you, you very much all next time peace everybody peace.